Vimeo has a change awareness problem, not a brand awareness problem. They have 1 million paying customers, 90% of which have self-served into the paid product. So it's safe to say people know about Vimeo, but what do they know? Beyond that, it's somewhere to host video, an alternative to YouTube. As Vimeo has shifted strategically to be a full-service video platform, many of its users in the market at large are still catching on. That's a big reason why Vimeo hired Melissa Matlins as their VP of Marketing a year ago, to help reposition Vimeo not only to the market, but to its base of 1 million paying customers. One of her first projects might surprise you, buyer personas. Why? Well, because Vimeo had 27. 27 buyer personas. Now, only three. The first step of change awareness? You first have to know who you're talking to in order to expect others to know who's talking to them. This is Ground Up. It's a podcast about growth, except without all the numbers. Here, we tell the stories of everything behind the numbers, the ideas, the habits, the discipline, and also the personal and professional growth of some of the smartest marketers and business owners that we know. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. You're a year in, right? Since since joining? Almost. Almost a year. Almost not, a year. Not quite a year. <laughs> Does it feel any different? Like, ten, ten months? I, something like that? Like, yeah. When did you feel like you got your legs under you, so to speak? Because I know coming into a new company in a leadership position, there's a lot of quote unquote drinking from the fire hose going on, right? Yeah. Especially as, as we were just saying before, a company that has kind of like a strategic shift that they're going through like Vimeo was. So what is like the last year been like? I think I've learned to get really comfortable with volatility. <laughs> I work, I've worked with high growth businesses my whole career. So I don't know if I can point to a time where I felt like I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just managing a program now. This is, this is great. Yeah. We're like out of, you know, out of, out of build mode, I guess I would call it. Right. Um, but I also have, I mean, there's very few times in my career where I have felt that way. Right. I, right. I would say when I have felt that way in my career, I know that it's probably time for me to find a new thing. You don't feel challenged. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of the reason you were brought in, I was just telling you that I read this great article from early in the summer. I think it was like June on CNN Business. Mm-hmm. Um, the title's great. Vimeo is thriving as the anti-YouTube. And th- there was a lot of interesting <laughs> notes. Sure, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of interesting notes in it. One was that, you know, at the time, Vimeo was approaching 1 million paying customers. I don't know if you've yep. actually hit that now. We did. Uh, you yep. did? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a nice round number. Um, <laughs> and that 90% of subscribers were on the self-serve software, which which blew mm-hmm. my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But really the main gist of the article was that Vimeo was trying to shake this, that, you know, this, this positioning and this image maybe in the market that it was an alternative to YouTube, right? It's actually right. much more than that. Um, mm-hmm. And you were kind of going through this strategic shift and there was a, gr- a great quote in the article from the CEO, um, Anjali Sud, where she said, most companies have a brand awareness problem. We have a change awareness problem, which I, I, I'm a sucker for plays on words. So I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Um, so how much of that was playing into, you know, the need to bring you in, in the first place? And like, how much of that was, was sort of, um, you know, a priority for you coming in to the role is, is kind of embracing Mm -hmm. this change awareness 
and helping lead the marketing effort through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think that the perception problem is particularly acute with the businesses that we work with because so many people have had amazing uh, consumer experiences with Vimeo. It's right. a de- you know it's still really well known as a destination for high quality video, and it's where our creators choose to to share and store and and distribute their video from. Um, so, whoops. Um, so I do think that it's it's still a perception problem that we struggle with, uh, particularly at uh, the higher end of the market where we have many businesses that are looking to do more advanced things with video, whether that's monetization and distribution or live video to 10,000 people or employees. And those conversations typically start with something like, we love Vimeo and we had no idea that you did this. <laughs> That's, it's, it's like music to a marketer's ears, but also like it's, it's like yeah, a nightmare, like, right? Yes. So excited to have this conversation. No. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> didn't get the word out on that. Right, yeah. right. But that was, like, like you said, you, that was part of the re- a big part of the reason you were brought in, right? So you came in here with the expectation that there's a lot of things that, or there's a perception problem sort of, you know, in the market or a re-education mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. sort of has to happen. Um, so I want to dive into that. But first, like, what did the marketing team look like when mm-hmm. you were when you first came in close to a year ago? Sure. Um, I mean, so the part of the marketing team that focused on businesses had, had grown and was really developed through acquisition. So uh, in the last couple of years, Vimeo had acquired uh, two different companies, one company called VHX, which focused on monetization and distribution through an OTT platform, so mm-hmm. allowing customers to create their own Netflix channels. Um, and the other, which was a company that was uh, better known called Livestream.com, uh, which was a live video platform for everything from you know, rock concerts to town halls. Um, so through those acquisitions, a number of B2B marketers had joined the company, but you know, probably brought with them a, a, a way of doing things that wasn't really native to Vimeo and I think really struggled to find their focus within a very creator-first message. Um, despite all of this, the B2B part of our business and the enterprise work specifically had grown by leaps and bounds and sure. was doubling every single year. <laughs> um, so despite all of this, something was working and there was there was traction. Um, but I think we hadn't really thought about how to successfully integrate um, Vimeo's creator-first messaging and how we wanted to, to talk with and interact and engage with businesses. And the reality is, is that businesses are creators too. They just have very unique needs that are specific to their business. And the biggest one is that they need to figure out how to use video to grow and make money. So what was, like, what was the core focus? Like when you came in, what were some of the things or channels that the marketing team was focusing on in order to do that? Yeah, so I, I think we had a bit of a, of a mismatch between like where the demand was right. coming from and how people were finding us and the things that the team was focused on. Right. Um, I, I always find typically when I come into a company and things maybe aren't working so well that there's a focus on activity and not achievement that like tends to be the general outcome. Right. We did we did the webinar, we created the ebook, we did the thing. It's like <laughs> right. we the did whole those things. But then what happened? You know, it's yeah. Like, yeah. And it's not that those playbooks are wrong necessarily. I mean they're, they're, those are great things and good things that marketers should do to educate and build a market. 
Um, but fundamentally, the way people, none of those things were really helping more people find us, and they weren't helping to correct and shape the message in the market about what Vimeo was doing in this business. Right. I like to call that stuff checkbox marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we did mm-hmm. that. Like you said, we did the webinar, we did the ebook, we're blogging, <laughs> we posted some tweets. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, the, yeah, the strategic focus behind it is often missing. Uh, so yeah, what adjustment? Like, well, first, how do you uncover that? So that, like, I want to dig deeper into that. When you came in, you, you could tell that there was sort of like a a fo- focus more on activity, really, than maybe on the results. Or there was a mm-hmm. mitch- mismatch in between the channels people were focusing on and maybe where customers were actually coming from. So how do you coming in recognize that? Um. Maybe I'll just use a comparison because I think there's a way that I used to come into a new role and then a, a way that I do that now. And I think it was a, a lesson learned for, for me. Um, I used to come in, I spent a lot of time in high growth startups. And so I would come into a role like a hurricane, like just like, <laughs> like I know what's going wrong here. We're going to fix this and da da da. And we don't have time. And, and you know, I mean, like in some cases, we didn't have time to be fair. Right, right. Um, but I think that it doesn't get you what you need ultimately, which is you may have a vision of where you need to go, but until everybody's heads are nodding, it's not going to be actually all that helpful if you're the one just executing out by yourself. Yeah. Um, so I'll come in and ask a lot of questions, frankly, um, because I, I, it's fine. If I realize something's not working, that's, that's all well and good. But if everybody doesn't feel the same way, then there's an issue. So instead of saying, this campaign sucks. This isn't what we should be doing. This isn't what we should be focusing on. It's like, how do you think this helps? What right. does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. are we measuring it this way? Right. What would happen if we looked at it that way? So it was really through this investigative, like reporting, essentially, that you were mm-hmm. able to uncover. Because <laughs> there's really more of a focus here on on satisfying certain channels or activities rather than like really understanding where right. business was coming from. Well, you see the results in pipeline. Sure. But if the inputs aren't well understood, everybody's going to struggle to d- diagnose what's going on. Side note, did you read The First 90 Days by any chance? Oh, The First 90 Days is one of my favorite books. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like nodding to myself, I was like, this is similar because I read that too uh, mm-hmm. before I came into a previous role. And it was like a, it was definitely a game changer, right? Because yeah, it's, similar it, to it, you, like, I like to, you, like, you want to prove yourself. You want to come in and... And, and yeah. prove to everybody why the company yeah. made this decision and you feel like you need to make an impact immediately. But often, right, like like you said, the best thing you could do is listen to everybody else and understand the landscape um, before, mm-hmm. because more often than not, you're just pissing everyone off. Like, right, like all the um, mm-hmm. all the folks that have been there when you're coming in and shaking things up without really understanding things. So, yeah, I, I, when I heard that, I was like, I wonder if you read the first 90 mm-hmm. days. So. I probably reread it every couple of years. Just right. it's it's interesting. I get something new out of it every time. Great book for listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you're even if you're not new to the company that you're at, just as a as a refresher on an approach to leadership and, and leading a team and understanding the landscape before imposing your will. Um, we Although say. the business examples are feeling a little dry. This yeah, morning. yeah, yeah. <laughs> take take from it what you can. Yeah. Back when which when we used to be able to write memos was yeah, my <laughs> memos. Write the memo. I don't even know when it was. Is that from the ninety? I don't even remember what the copyright was in that. Put book. it in the inbox. Yeah, yeah. the inbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so you, you kind of went through this investigative process and, and saw that there was a mismatch, uh, a mismatch. I keep mispronouncing that word. Um, so like, 
this, you know, this is going to sound like an oversimplification. What adjustments did you have to make? Obviously, it was probably weeks or months or it's obviously still going on. <laughs> what adjustments yeah. did you focus on first in order to correct that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was thinking a lot about the team we needed to be successful, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the adjustments were made for me. I feel like this is something that's happened in several roles. It actually happened the same way in my previous role where I had to really keep people on my team quit in the first few weeks. So sometimes right. sometimes right. The, the, the conditions tell you what you – and necessitate sure. action and tell you what you have to do. Um, but I also – it was clear with the team and clear at the time that there would be a change in how we – did things, how we thought about them and what we were going to be responsible for. And I think that if somebody's already been through a lot of change, which is typical when you're coming into a company that's growing really fast, sure. they can be exhausted by it, not be up for it, be disenfranchised long before you get there. <laughs> so, right. um, so it wasn't something I was totally surprised by. Uh, my process typically in my head, I'll go through, um, uh, here's what I need the team to look like in terms of capabilities. Here's what I need to be able to measure and see and manage to operationally. Um, and here's the technology that I need to make this happen. Um, and of course, all of the wonderful things that you need from the companies you work with, like budget and sure. <laughs> resources yeah. and headcount. Um, so I knew pretty quickly that there was probably not a lot that we could accomplish with a really small team at the size of business and the scale that we already were. How big was the team um, at that so time? So I focused pretty quickly on hiring. Um, let's see. I think we were three people. Oh, wow. Okay. At the time, everybody left. And I was like, <laughs> So <laughs> Big business. We right. can't get an email out. At some point, I was like, I right dust yeah. off dust off my marketing automation hat. But I think that's probably not a good idea for anybody. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. To be, yeah, to be uh, in the ESP, yeah. Well, yeah. uh, so so hiring right probably uh, uh, was a was a focus right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Hiring was a focus almost right away, which I you know in many ways I was anticipating because I knew mm-hmm. that we needed to grow. But um, coming in and growing from being behind is always is is always interesting when you're trying to both backfill and grow. So the team grew pretty quickly, uh, which you know, the benefit of doing that is that everybody has a very fresh perspective on something. So they all bring different individual expertise. But frankly, we're all new to this company. Um, so I think we were able to take a look at things with fresh eyes that, um, that you know, and overturned stones that, like, hadn't been questioned right. in a while. Right. Um, and, and also to do it together, which, you know, frankly, is just kind of fun. Where, <laughs> sure, you may be discovering issues and uncovering things and turning over rocks where you're like, geez, I really wish that I hadn't found that particular thing. <laughs> Um, but because you're all in the process together, it can it can be a great way to build a team. Yeah, for sure. So, what? Like, how big is the team today? Um, let's see. I think we're twelve at this point. So, what were like? Um, what were your focuses? Like, how how's the team structure right now? Like, who who's on your um, team? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, demand gen, uh, content marketing, and also a joint marketing sales operations team. Okay, yeah, so it says a lot about the focus of the team. So, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, content, video is is a big part of things. Mm-hmm. What, what is uh, like? What does that mix look like? How much? How much? You know, uh, like on the site, you have free trials. You also have a free plan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much is that? How much of that is driven just by organic? The content you're putting out is it PR? Is it paid? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what is it? What? How does that mix shake out? 
Yeah, I mean, it's really a combination of everything. I would say where we're most focused is, like you said, we've got over a million subscribers, many of which are businesses, and maybe using us in one area of the business, but not in another. So right. they may be using us to uh, you know, make playlists of their marketing videos, but they're not using us for their internal webinars, for example. Sure, sure. Um, so in addition to all of the things that we do from a demand gen perspective to get in front of new users, we're also very focused on working with the million subscribers that we have right. and helping them expand their, their video needs as businesses and saying like, here's how we can help in different areas of your business. And here's how video can help in different areas of your business that you may not be focused on right now. And that kind of goes back to that re-education, right? Mm -hmm. That we were mentioning earlier. Um, obviously, yeah, the, uh, driving more people into the funnel is, is, is important too, and raising aware, you know, or changing awareness in the market. But you have, like you said, you have a million paying customers. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good place to start. Right. And, and try to expand usage. So was that, so w when you're coming in and obviously change awareness was a big part of this, obviously you had to grow the team out. Mm -hmm. But once you started, you know, having the pieces in place to actually execute, what is change awareness like what does that look like right because there's like there's so many things you could do right you could hit hard and press like mm -hmm. you can you have a million subscribers that you can start with and a massive email list and a lot of segmentation you could do so mm -hmm. like where did you start mm -hmm. i mean i think one of the big the things that we did that was the most impactful um and and i would say a hallmark of mine is to figure out where we needed to focus um when i first walked in i remember maybe it was probably the first conversation I had with my head of content marketing where she said, um, I'm really trying to gather all of our personas in place. We have 27 different personas. <laughs> 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 and I, and I think, I think I laughed and then probably said something like there is no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody has a hard time making a decision, right? Yeah. Just right. all of them, all of them, just market yeah. all of them. There's no such thing. Uh, so we will figure out how we narrow the field. And I probably spent the first two months um, with our customer data and pipeline data digging deep into who's really buying from us, who's renewing, who are we retaining, who do we upsell over time, what does that firmographic profile look like, and then also what do those people look like, what are their titles, what do they do, what level of seniority, um, to really help answer the question of these 27 different personas, who's making us money, right? And, and, and who can we grow with and who can we actually reasonably support with the products that we have? Um, so from, from that exercise, we developed, I think, three or four and said, this is where we're going to focus <laughs> for, right. for the next couple months and we'll see how that goes. Um, it's so a difference between a of, who's a customer to who's a great customer, right? Or who's the best exactly. customer. Mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. when you have a million a million customers at that point right like that becomes mm -hmm. even more important right because you can right. get so, i assume you can get lost in that data you can't get lost in the data and frankly video benefits a lot of different individuals and businesses mm -hmm. um it's a core part of how we communicate and um that market's only growing and it's very easy to um get distracted by a specific need when in reality sure. there are very broad needs, particularly among businesses that can help a lot of different businesses. Right. SMBs, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I think I read in that CNN article that that was one of the fastest or the fastest growing customer segment with Vimeo. Mm -hmm. But then you also have like the Red Bulls of the world, like the consumer brands. Mm -hmm. um, 
And both of those, like both of those segments fall under the purview of, of your team, correct? Like creating, attracting them, creating content for them. Yeah, I mean, we focus on how to make businesses successful with video. And so for some businesses, that may mean, you know, they have a program Launching with a us channel. and they're, yeah, they've got <laughs> like a, you know, a handful of product videos on there and that's what they need just to, to run their business. And then there are other businesses like Warby Parker that are releasing a video a week. Right. And so a lot of this just for the, for the company specifically has to do with, um, what is going to help us be grow and be successful and help us get closer to our customers, help us get closer to our employees. Um, we know that this is a primary mode of communication. It's a core part of how Americans communicate. Like this, the stat that I always love to, to show and share is the average American reads for 17 minutes a day and watches video for almost two and a half hours. The, the reading that seems high. <laughs> I, I personally Does I email read a lot. count? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Personally I read a lot, but seventeen yeah. minutes seems high for, for the for the average American. But I believe two and a right. half hours. That seems low. Well, um, and when you think about um how a CEO would choose to communicate with right. fifty thousand employees around the world when he's writing an email, it's not gonna cut it. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So I'm interested in how the approach, like the marketing engine, how does that how does that, um, because obviously you're not creating the same content for everyone, right? So you have mm -hmm. the SMBs out mm -hmm. there that are really trying to get their channel going. They have a handful of videos. Maybe they want to launch uh, a channel or they, they, ju they just want to, they know video is, mm -hmm. is important and they want to dive in. But then you have, like you said, the bigger consumer brands that are putting out a video every single week or every single day. Right. So how does the approach change? Like, uh, is it, you know, is one more suited towards, you know, the organic content play is more SMB? Mm -hmm paid is more enterprise bigger companies consumer brands like mm -hmm. well how does that you know how do you segment to the different the different pieces mm -hmm. of the market i mean we try to meet people on their journey so even if uh even if there's a huge company on vimeo they may be in a very foundational place from a video perspective right. or just starting out in their program and so it may not make sense for them to start an OTT channel, for example. Right, yeah. <laughs> In some cases, they want to go big and, and start there. But um, And so we have a lot of different offerings. Some of those are self-serve where they can go and sign up and get a plan that's $60 a year. Um, and then we also have um, plans that have enhanced services and support and no-fail live streaming that you might want if you're celebrating your company's 100th anniversary and you need to broadcast that to customers and employees all over the world. Um, so it's everything from at all of those different scales um, that I think is part of what makes Simeo really special. It's like you know, we're helping people think creatively about what they want to do with video and how they communicate to their stakeholders. And that could take a lot of different forms. Sure. Um, some of those can, again, just be very basic and foundational. And, and then in other cases, they want to do something that's a lot more um, significant and also just, you know, internally time consuming. So they want to resource it in a way that's going to be simple for them. For sure. So talk about your approach to determining the priorities of the, of the marketing team specifically like early on right like mm -hmm. you know close to a year ago you know you came in you really simplified the personas um so in terms of priorities like how did you you know and you did a lot of groundwork and understanding what was working and what people were mm -hmm. focusing on prior to you mm -hmm. joining so after you joined and you go through this exercise of simplifying the personas how did you determine the priorities going forward what was the team going to mm -hmm. execute on 
Like how, how did that whole process uh, shake out? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of putting the principles in place and then letting the team fill in the, 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 the gaps. Like it's more bottoms up. I okay. mean, yeah, I mean, the principles would be, you know, we, we are committing to a, generate a certain amount of pipeline right, yeah. this quarter, it's example. Um, it may also be something like, we're Vimeo, we should be telling more stories with video, right? <laughs> <laughs> for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in terms of what that shakes out and looks like for campaigns from an operational perspective... Um, I'm a big fan of the road mapping process where you would say, you know, these are the four killer pieces of content that I want to make sure that we create this quarter. And uh, here's a dozen other things that we need to do to be successful to feed demand gen. Um, And that's our roadmap for the next six months. Um, And then separately, uh, as a team, and this is an exercise we do almost every quarter, I like to sort of set what I call a top 10. Um, I think it's really, really hard for um, a part of the team to focus on more than like three major initiatives <laughs> every quarter. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's there's just a lot of value and focus where you don't get to the end of the quarter and say, oh, we said that we would do this to hit da 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 goal, and that's why we didn't hit the goal, and it just all cascades back from there. Um, so though all of those initiatives need to be specific enough that they can have a goal attached to them, but like big enough that it's something that they're going to work on that's longer term than say, send this email campaign, create this ebook. Um, so we'll all align every quarter on like what our top 10 should be. And of course, demand gen will have a lot of opinion about what operations top 10 should be (laughs) content. (laughs) will have opinion about demand gen. Um, so I feel like it's a good way to get the whole team working on a set of goals that, uh, that will ultimately move the needle on the principle, you know, what's the principle, what's the number that we want to actually hit. So really, I mean, like in most cases, everything is kind of, you back in from like a revenue number, right? Or like mm-hmm. yeah. what you're trying yep. to close that. And so the, the goals end up looking like what, like the, the usual suspects, uh, trials, uh, traffic to the site, you mm-hmm. can kind of back in all the way from the revenue goal and kind of know forecast mm-hmm. what you need on a quarterly basis. Is that, is that what you do on a quarterly? Yeah, I mean, our primary metric is pipeline. So um, I'm not a huge fan of lead counting. Yeah. Um, there's just such a significant difference between a lead that reads a blog post and a lead that requests a demonstration of your product. That, right. um, I, I think it can be very misleading. Um, I think scoring can also be somewhat misleading. Um, so... I think one of the things that we look at pretty closely is like the intent lead as an upstream metric. Sure. So like, is this the lead that is specifically saying that they're interested in this and interested in right, this Right, like, like ebook leads or like a webinar, right. So I but, mean, yeah, to how me, do you it's define... like, it's on, it's on us to take, to take somebody from here's a best practice guide that I'm reading to sure. this is a product that I'm interested in and want to explore. Right. But when you're talking pipeline, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but so, our primary metric is, does that lead then actually have sure. a real opportunity that enters pipeline? So how do you define pipeline? Because you have a free product, you have the trial request, mm-hmm. requesting demonstrations. Like how do you define, how do you define pipeline? Mm-hmm. Um, so an opportunity has been created with an account executive and at that point, um, they've validated not just that this is the correct lead and a company that has the ability to pay, but that this is a real opportunity. So, so that happens when somebody requests a, a demonstration or are these self-serve users as well that maybe just signed yeah, up? It's, 
two steps beyond that. So it would be uh, the SDR has reviewed it. They've passed it to the AE. Right. The AE has held a discovery call. Right. Cool. So what? Um, so and yeah, it sounds like you have a couple different inputs into the product, right? There's the free uh, limited plan, right? I think it's limited based on bandwidth or uh, like how much how much storage you have on the on the product. Um, and then you have the the trial, which is more. Mm-hmm. Is that more? Uh... Yeah. So we we don't do any limitations on um, on bandwidth. Uh, we do have some limits on on users, but right. for enterprise plans, like the the needs yeah. tend to be more custom. Um, so what a plan looks like for a channel that's going to do twenty four seven streaming may look like really really different from somebody who's going to use this for internal webinars. Right. Right. Got it. All right, so pipeline really drives you know the the core metrics for the team. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you set up goals? Do the individuals on your team? Does everyone have individual goals, or is it more sort of like team wide? Where there's it's multiple a team wide goal right now. Yeah, so I mean we're still small enough that I feel like uh, we'll have individual goals. Say if somebody is managing paid this quarter, like they'll right. have an individual goal around what that needs to look like. So um, we'll do bottoms up forecasts of where we think the pipeline is going to come from based on the initiatives that we have this quarter. Um, and once we put that together, like the individual person responsible for that will know like this quarter, um, I need paid acquisition to drive this number of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, re- so really there's multiple owners right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that, like, how do you find that that, uh, uh, like how does, you know, how does that affect accountability? Right. So if numbers mm-hmm. are down, it's more of a team-wide discussion rather than, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, you, you can go to one person, right, and say, like, hey, what's what's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we do have team-wide discussions about that. Yeah. Frankly, I think, like, um, because we have a complex business model that encompasses everything from self-serve all the way to, you know, like, expensive custom plans, like, it's very rare that we'll go in to diagnose a problem of, like, leads are down from this particular source, and it's one thing. Right. Um, so because of that, I think it is helpful to have all the demand gen folks in the room, have operations in the room. Like we end up getting the question resolved faster and spending less time on diagnosis. And I think you normally would, if it was like, you go hunt down all these answers and go to the dozen stakeholders that we need to talk to to try to figure right, it out. Right. When you have multiple views right. of, a, of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or also too, somebody may see something that other folks don't see. Years ago, I remember somebody made a design change on a page and moved to CTA, and we, it, it, it was just like one of those things that was like this insidious <laughs> um, insidious degrader of pipeline. It, it, it like wasn't so significant that um, it, it dramatically impacted our numbers, but something was up, you know? Right. And we, we did like a six-hour investigation on this thing only to realize that we had moved this button for aesthetic reasons, and that was... Somebody's like, hey, actually, we moved this button. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it's like who moved my cheese? That was the that was yeah. the conclusion. <laughs> um, what was the what was like the culture around goals when you arrived? Because you know I've been at companies before where numbers weren't, believe it or not, like uh, I worked for a software company where, and they, and they were doing really well, high growth company. Nobody on the marketing team really had goals, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody was mm-hmm. there, there was like organizational goals, but no, there was no lead goals. There was no sign up goals, and so like instituting that kind of culture is, is, mm-hmm. is a shock, right? To the people that have been there and working in that mm-hmm. environment for a while. Did you find that or, or had the team already been working within a culture of having, 
kind of you know goals that they were working towards and and clearly defined goals uh, that mm-hmm. aligned with the rest of the funnel um i would say in general Vimeo is a very data-driven company mm-hmm. and and goal-oriented I and mean, it's part of the reason that i decided to come here right. um i'm naturally that way and now realize at this point in my career after working with lots of different folks from different backgrounds and not everybody is oriented that way sure. yeah. Yeah. um so I, I, I do think that that's very much a part of our DNA. And I actually think in some ways, um, well, it may be hard to convince cultures or people or teams who aren't goal-oriented goal oriented to be that way. I think the opposite is also true, where in many cases, um, teams or people or companies that aren't goal-oriented, goal when those goals are introduced, actually function better. Right. Um, I think it's very natural for us as humans to want to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand where the goalposts are, it's just hard to celebrate wins. Right. And um, so in some, in some ways I think that, you know, it was, it was, it was hard because it was changed, but in other ways I think it was really positive because it was very clear when we were accomplishing something. Right. Yeah. I think goals introduce guardrails and I think guardrails actually make it easier uh, in my experience to execute, right? Because right. the 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 limitless aspect of what of the things that you can do, I think, is is paralyzing for teams. Right? Mm-hmm. Where do we start? Right? There's a million things we could. When you introduce goals, I feel like it introduces guardrails. It, it yeah. increases everyone's focus. Um. So, uh, what you know, we're we're at you know approaching the end of of the year. What uh, what would you say is is your most challenging? goal or initiative going into 2020 for the marketing team? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting question. I think that we have a lot to um, to think about and draw from uh, when we look at how our customers are using the product and helping, helping them tell their stories and helping them be successful um, and then feeding that back into our marketing we forget that video is so new as a medium that it's really challenging for businesses sometimes to understand what they're supposed to do with it, how they're supposed to distribute it, how they're supposed to share it, where they're supposed to start, um, particularly in, I guess, like what I would call unorthodox use cases. Everybody knows that they're supposed to make a product video. Yeah. <laughs> is an OTT channel right for a brand? So I think sharing examples, uh, and particularly sharing examples in data, where um, you could, for example, talk about the uh, length of a free trial and how that helps you maintain subscribers to your video channel is content that people aren't really encountering much in the market. And it's intelligence that's very much needed. It reminds me a little bit of the early days of marketing automation when you know marketo or hubspot would like hand you the keys and be like good luck yeah yeah yeah, was, yeah right and there wasn't a lot of historical content out there let right. me know how it goes yeah. <laughs> um, and and i think as the market matured they they realized that in order for marketing automation to hit massive adoption that they needed to be able to uh market and interact and engage with the whole marketer. So help them with their marketing programs, help them with their content, help them, help them with uh, strategy. And I think we're very much in the same place. Um, 
we're so much more um, than a video, a place to host your videos. And we need to help people think through how does video make my company successful? Which uh, brings me to to a, to a point where I love the, the simple tagline on the site, video can help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a clever way going through you know, what, what Vimeo is calling a change awareness and, and educating people on all the different things that Vimeo can help with, right? It's not just hosting. Uh, I think video, or, or, is it Vimeo? Vimeo? Vimeo can help. I think that's mm-hmm. super clever. Um, and I would, I would assume the response has been 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 fairly fairly good for that. Yeah, I think it was a good wake-up call for um, a, a, a change in the way that people would perceive the brand. Um I think that it was, it's also taken up it's a life of its own internally <laughs> where <laughs> I can only um, imagine <laughs> it's become a bit of a cultural <laughs> hallmark where uh, punchline. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll often say like, you know, somebody feels, Oh, you know, thanks. Thanks so much for that webcast. That was really informative. And we're like, yep, yeah, you can help. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, you haven't Here taken it to like, you know, so, somebody brought lunch back and it was like, yeah, Vimeo can help. Like, you know, just... it, also that. <laughs> yes. Um, but but it, it's really nice when when brand campaigns work inside and out. And I do think that that um, that attitude is definitely a part of a part of the culture. There's a fun ad yeah. campaign there somewhere. If you haven't already mm-hmm. capitalized on that. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were actually having at some at some point um, we were growing so much and we've been hiring so much and we would have candidates uh say like oh hey you know um just took a picture of myself with the poster you know like (laughs) like here like this is so great um but yeah i mean i think that there's a there's a there's a friendliness to it that i think very much uh, is is, is a core part of our internal culture as well possibilities right well melissa this was great i love learning more about about vimeo and and really like, like I said, when we let off, I love the whole change awareness piece. And it's, it's fascinating when I, when already established brands are, are going through that. So it's, it's fun to hear your approach and the, the, your focus over the last year. Uh, so congrats on that milestone coming up and thanks, and thanks, uh, yeah. the work that you've done so far. I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to watch Vimeo's uh, approach to this over the, over the next six months and 12 months. Thanks. It's been fun. And thanks for having me on. This is good chat. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.